Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now on to this week's totally tubular show. Everybody, welcome back to the Print on Demand cast. As always, I'm Josiah, joined by Travis Ross all the way from the headquarters of Make Your Mark Design. Travis, happy Monday. How is your Monday going? How's your week been? How was your weekend? I know your weekend was eventful. Lots of soccer or football, as they call it, <laughs> everywhere else in America or in America, in the in the world, rather. Uh, how you doing? Doing good, yeah. Went to that uh, same bar. Uh, we talked about last week um, to watch the Arsenal game on Saturday, and it was super exciting. We were down by one, but we came out victorious, two to one, to the Arsenal. Um, so that was that was super fun on Saturday morning. Um, yeah, it was. Other than that, it was pretty uneventful. Didn't really do a whole lot today. Pulled my back a little bit yesterday, so I'm like, yeah, last night was tough to. I don't know. It's just, I guess, old age. I, I don't know. The times, or old, older age. Yeah, it's in a different place. I, I, I seem to pull my back out or throw my back out often, like once a year, once every other year or something. That's pretty okay. significant. It, but this is in a different spot, and it was just a pain in the butt to sleep last night. So I came in a little late later this morning because I needed a little extra sleep. And yeah, uh, but yeah, things are cruising along you know here at make your mark design um how was your weekend it was uh pretty pretty uneventful for the for the most part well saturday um played you know two and a half hours of pickleball it is all the rage now amongst our, for the win amongst our mutual friends in fact after i'm done recording here i'm gonna go meet my father-in-law and have there's some really nice courts about 10 minutes from here there's mm-hmm. six courts and they're all lit up, so it's very well lit. And nice. they close at like ten thirty, so you can play to your heart's delight. Not too busy at that, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock time of mm-hmm. night. So it's nice to go, and just it's cooler. You don't have to worry about it getting any any hotter. That's for right. sure. Um, right. So yeah, we're gonna go do that. Did that Saturday morning, and uh, went three and zero with my father in law and I. Jason and I were on a team, mm-hmm. so we were undefeated that that morning. So it was a good time. But other than that. Uh, not, 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 not too exciting. Yeah. Just, uh, looking forward to next weekend because the Monday is off, right? Paid holiday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, uh, we'll be house sitting for, uh, uh, Megan and Jason. They're going to Hawaii, uh, with, with Josh and Carly, who of course we both know. Um, mm-hmm. so they're going there for like a week and we get the pleasure nice. of not going to Hawaii and watching four dogs. So that's what we'll be doing <laughs> at their house. Um, so yeah, next week will be a little bit more latitude, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what'll happen. We'll have to do some stuff mm-hmm. to keep ourselves entertained that week. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, man, yeah. all good to go. Excited for something we haven't done in a while. I think we've, I think we've only had one of these episodes officially mm-hmm. in the archives as far as like took the title and everything. Uh, right. so yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting, but before we get to that, as always, well, not as always, when we don't have a guest, as always, we're going to go <laughs> straight to this week's point of interest. Well, howdy, partner. Welcome to the point of interest part of the POD cast. So grab your hat and hold on tight because we got some learning to do. Some learning to do. And mm-hmm. this week, uh point of interest is actually pretty pretty fascinating mm-hmm. there have been floodgates open wide travis tell the people whose floodgates first of all and uh, <laughs> then we'll go from there but yeah some interesting news on the e-commerce front yeah i actually heard about this in a facebook group facebook messenger group that i'm in and there's you know just some people that i've known for a lot a lot of years and different facets of the Amazon ecosphere and selling them different things. Um, and uh, one of them posted a link to a marketpulse.com article that said that Walmart is opening up the floodgates to sellers, apparently. So typically, um, 
typically in a week, like before this kind of crazy floodgate thing, um, they would they would let in around 250 sellers, new sellers every day, yeah. which I mean, when you think about it, that's a lot over time. Um, and you had to go through this um, pretty arduous uh, application process. A lot of questions, a lot of things that people would kind of yeah. fudge a little bit <laughs> to, to get in if they could or if they sure. needed to. Um, but apparently this last, I don't know, like a week ago, um, there was one week in August where they were letting around a thousand new sellers every single day. So like that week they did like five, <laughs> 5,000 plus sellers. Crazy. Yeah. And, and apparently from what I can gather is that they've, they've tweaked their, um, application and it's not quite as rigorous okay. as it was, which obviously led to kind of all of these sellers getting approved. So, sure. um, so yeah, I think, I think the moral of the story is if, if, if you haven't been selling on Walmart or if perhaps you got yeah. rejected in the past, um, it might be a good time, you know, as here we are sitting, uh, you know, right before Q4, um, you know, it's almost yeah, September. It, it is nigh. And um, to have the ability to list products on Walmart during Q4, I think will be very advantageous to, to people. I know for us, it's um, of our personal products that we sell online. Um, it, it does any, anywhere between 10 and 15, even as much as 20% of our revenue yeah. um, for all those products. So um, that's, you know, that's nothing to shake a stick at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gonna no let doubt. You in. yeah, absolutely. And I think too, I mean, I guess a question I have and get your opinion on this. Why do you think they did that? Do you think they're trying to get more people intentionally to start, you know, opening the floodgates, mm -hmm. get sellers on there, compete with Amazon's numbers as far as third party sellers? What do you think the justification on Walmart's end of doing this is other than we just want more people and the kind of the, the bottom line, bottom dollar angle of it all. Yeah. I, um, I mean, obviously any, anything out of my mouth right now is a total assumption, but my guess is that um, they've seen Amazon's success with these third-party sellers and uh, for whatever reason are finally coming around to the place where they're like, you know what, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a whole lot more sellers because really most of them are merchant fulfilling and we're just getting a commission on their sales. Right. Um, they are also pushing their um, Walmart fulfillment services, um, which is basically like FBA. It's what Amazon does. So Walmart has warehouses just like Amazon does, and they're expanding those warehouses and they're trying to get people to send product in so they can be um, so that they can have, you know, control that whole process for their customers um, because there's, there's margin there too, because they have storage fees and they have pick and pack fees as well as their commission yeah. um, fee to actually drive the traffic to your listing. Um, they're always going to, you know, they're always going to take something for that, but then all these additional fees. So I, I think they're just, I think what they were doing was slowing the growth so that they could build out some of their infrastructure infrastructure for this WFS Walmart fulfillment services um, and get enough warehouses where they felt like, okay, now we have the infrastructure. Let's yeah. open the floodgates. Let's get a lot more sellers in and let's really, really push Walmart fulfillment services um, and try to fill up these warehouses right before Christmas. And we're going to make serious bank yeah. and be closer to um, their goal of being uh, a genuine competitor to Amazon when it comes to e-commerce. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, like Travis said, if you have, I know Madeline has, has, has tried to get on Walmart before. And I think because of that same, she's either rejected or because of the application process, she was just like, I'll revisit this mm -hmm. at a later time. So I will let her know that this could be that time. And if you're listening, like Travis yeah. said, and you've been selling on Walmart and you got rejected or you saw the application and you thought, you know what? I don't need Walmart that bad. Uh, <laughs> circle back to it and uh, and see what you can do now because, you know, I think Walmart is, clearly has a fever for, for new sellers at this point. <laughs> fever. So, I got a so fever. I didn't turn the loop off. Oh, I fail every time at that and we're live <laughs> to tape. So uh, one thing I will say as well is make sure that you have a fulfillment partner that can integrate with mm. Walmart. Um, 
as you proceed and maybe you open an account or before you even look at maybe applying at Walmart, make sure that your provider can do that. And if not, maybe start shopping uh, for a provider that can integrate with Walmart, like Make Your Mark Design. And that was a shameless plug. That was awesome. So I just, you know, just do what you need to do, but but make sure your inter- your fulfillment partner can integrate uh, seamlessly right. with that so you're not having issues. You're all excited yeah. you got a Walmart, and then you can't even send stuff in. Well, I, I remember um, back when you started, um, you guys were actually processing the orders in the Walmart back end. Yeah, um, which is yeah, that's a challenge because you got there's a lot of copy and pasting from the addresses yeah. and all that stuff. You, you don't want to necessarily be doing that. I mean, you can, if you don't expect to sell a whole lot, um, maybe that's part of your workflow already from other, other places you're doing it all manually. And so you could, you know, continue to do it manually and just fulfill through anybody really. Yeah. Um, but I think you'll make it a lot easier on yourself if you can find a fulfillment partner that does integrate with Walmart. Um, the other cool thing about Walmart is they also do, they allow you to upload um, inventory files so you can use those Excel spreadsheets. Um, it's a little bit different than Amazon, um, but it's, you know, it's something you can learn and it'll gr- greatly uh, speed up the listing process to get, you know, hundreds and thousands of products on there quickly. And as of this recording, I am not aware of a top end uh, limit to the number of listings you can do on Walmart. So sure. okay, just saying, just saying. Yeah. Crazy. Well, there you go, folks. That was this week's point of interest. And the main event this week is really brought to you by you guys, listeners. We have a couple questions here that we just want to kind of answer, maybe give some ideas on the riff what have you waffle a little Mm -hmm. bit with the fodder that is your question. Uh, So thank (laughs) you for those that asked questions. And if you need to ask questions and you have questions, you're like, you know what? I want to provide the ingredients for their next waffle session. (laughs) Printermancast.com slash Facebook is where you can go and ask those questions. One of these came in through email, uh, through our website, uh, printermancast.com or info at printermancast.com. You can, of course, uh, go there as well and ask a question. But the more questions we get, the more frequently we can do this kind of format where we just kind of chat and answer some questions uh, surrounding what you guys have on your mind or things that are, are you know, prevalent and, and very um, pertinent as far as timing for you guys. So that's mm-hmm. why this week we have a new bumper. <laughs> so excited because why not? But this week we have a mailbag episode. You've got mail. Mailbag. 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 All right. Do you think I gave some people some PTSD from the dial-up sound? They just suddenly <laughs> had flashbacks of waiting for something to load and see if they, in fact, did get mail. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so uh, let's go to the first question here uh, from Jake Ham, who emailed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, info we have his question right here we're going to read it for you all um, it says I am new to print on demand using Printify and Etsy along with Shine On hey talk about Shine On last week if you haven't listened mm-hmm. to that episode avail yourself uh, and T-Launch recently found out a couple local moms who do sublimation are selling their equipment and getting out of the business on their Facebook page they have around a thousand followers and some really good designs that are not trademarked. They do all the work on their own. I was curious a good way to go about offering print-on-demand and doing it for them without sharing what they could build and missing out on a cut of the profits from them. Sneaky. Yeah, taking it a step (laughs) further. What would you expect for for some sort of a partnership where I take their designs and create the store and basically run it all and they just design? I would handle their Facebook and everything. Or is there a better way to go about handling it all? That question from Jay Cam. Travis, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, you know, we've we kind of it's it's kind of what we have done in the past, where basically they'd become a client of his 
mm-hmm. with the designs. And I think um, my first blush opinion on this, as as I'm kind of wrapping my mind around it for the first time, would be that, you know, I, I remember using Merch Up by Amazon to try and kind of pitch people on this same premise where, mm-hmm. hey, I'll do all we'll do all your fulfillment for you. It'll be on Amazon. But the the reality is, is that on the back end, there's not that much pie left to split when Amazon mm-hmm. takes the lion's share of it. And so is right. that is that amount profitable to them that you would offer them if that's what you want to do? Or what's a mm-hmm. what's a better way around that to, uh, to arrive at the same solution? Is there a way? Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go with this. Um, one of the other kind of downsides is that um, these these two ladies or these two moms are um, they've already been doing this with their own equipment, so their profit margins are are better than if you had to go and fulfill it, you know, at a Printify or a T Launch or a, you know or wherever yeah. um, already. So so they're already thinking you know, when you come to them with a number, they're already going, wow, wow that's a lot less. That's yeah, a lot, exactly. lot less yep. than what I was getting because maybe they don't have a grid for how much a Printify or a Printful um, or a Make Your Mark design is going to charge them to fulfill these products. And so that's that's some customer or well, client education, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's definitely one way you could go. You could set them up as a client, say, hey, I'll run everything. And I'll give you basically a royalty because I'm using your designs, um, but it's going to go on my Etsy account. It's going to go, yeah. you know, I'm going to run your Facebook group. I'm going to do all this stuff. And um, I'm just basically licensing your designs to put on products and whatever sells with your you know, images on it, you're going to get a buck or you're going to get two bucks or five bucks or what, you know, I don't know where your margins, you know, can take yeah. you on that. Um, but that's definitely one way that they could be completely out of it and basically just get mailbox money. You know, they just go to their their mailbox and their PayPal account or wherever, and they they get money once a month when you settle up with them. There is some, you know, some administrative work on your end that you're going to have to do, and you're going to have to try to keep above or and um, and it may be more than you're thinking about right now. The one thing I, when I first read Jake's um, email, I was like, oh, this guy's like me. He's always looking for ways to, you know, figure out a way to make money and, you know, and, and, oh, this guy, these people are quitting. What can I do to, you know, take advantage of this opportunity, not take advantage of the people, but take advantage of the opportunity. Um, And so I can totally relate. Um, I can totally relate with Jake uh, in that he sees an opportunity and all he's got to do is just convince them that it's it's a good opportunity for them as well and that it's a win-win-win. Um, so that's going to be your biggest challenge, I think, Jake, is really seeing, um, you know, making sure that they feel like they win. Um, yeah. you, you're probably going to have to be pretty transparent with, um, you know, with your numbers so that they do understand it. Because, again, they were getting the full margin they weren't paying yep. a wholesaler. They weren't paying a middleman. And now technically they're going to be paying two middlemen, yeah. the whole, the, the vendor and you. And so um, that's why I might frame it as a royalty that personally, just because people tend to think royalties are less and there's no work for them. You even sure. mentioned they could continue to design and provide you with, with options. Sure. And, and I think, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a follow-up, kind of, I guess, clarification in mm-hmm. an email thread uh, back and forth with Jake. And and he had essentially said that these ladies are also looking to just kind of get out of the business in general. So I, mm-hmm. maybe that could be advantageous right. uh, to your pitch because you're not, you're not trying to take something from their hands that they're holding firmly, you know, that they have a firm grip on. They're already under are already wanting to kind of get out of that business for whatever reason. Maybe it is the workload, mm-hmm. and maybe that is enough for them to to settle for the mailbox money and say, "Hey, okay, we're just going to go ahead and do the design." But that could, I mean, all that to say, the fact that they're wanting to kind of transition out mm-hmm. does position you in a, in a spot to kind of be able to pitch, still be transparent, 
with the numbers because they still remember what they made <laughs> when they sold right. stuff themselves. Uh, but it might give you a, a kind of a pain point to specifically address with them and say, you know, or even ask, why are you guys transitioning out? What's the story? Why, wh- why are you guys wanting to sell stuff? And then address that. If it is the workload, if it is the uploading and the production, and you're willing to take that off of their hands, that could be worth quite a bit to them just mm-hmm. to get that you know time back that they've spent on doing it themselves so you know we'll go into it being transparent but also i've i've learned in those types of discussions to also not go into it married to a particular outcome because you don't mm-hmm. know the second half of the conversation right. that'll be coming from them so keep an open keep whatever you're going into it with with an open kind of an open hands and be mm-hmm. willing to kind of modify and be flexible. And, you know, our favorite word on the show is pivot. pivot. Uh, don't be afraid to pivot uh, and and um, come up with an agreement that is a win-win for, for everyone involved. So, Yeah, an- another thing he said in his um, kind of follow, I, I answered him and said, hey, this is a great idea for, you know, a mailbag segment. We should answer this and talk about this on on the uh, on the show because there are so many facets to this. There's so many yeah. different directions. To your point, Josiah, um, I agree. Coming in with an open hand, hearing them first, and really seeing where their pain points are is, I mean, you're assuming their pain points, but when you really sure. when you actually have an, a conversation with them, you can really dial into those and see what solutions could. Um, could solve that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in that email, that kind of back and forth, you, you mentioned that, um, uh, she's local around you and she has about seven or 800 following on Facebook of local parents, clients, and she seemed, but she seems to sell out quite a bit. And I think that's where maybe, um, maybe they're selling out of their blanks. Maybe they are getting some of their stock. Maybe they're doing t-shirts and they're doing a, like a local screen printer and they're just doing all their sublimation stuff in house, but yeah. they're stocking things. And that's why they're selling out, which again is, is like music to my ears. When I think about print on demand, um, you know, you can really, um, you, you don't ever have to sell out, you know, yeah. with print on demand, because again, the product doesn't exist until it actually sells. But, um, what that was one of the things I thought about is that all of a sudden they never have to go out of stock. They can apparently they're doing these releases four to six times a month with new designs to their kind of niche or their group sure. of of, uh, of fans, so to speak. Um, and it it does sound a lot like um, the business model that uh, you guys were doing at What for Apparel. We now do it Make Your Mark Design, where yeah. influencers and people that have have groups um, are able to just launch something and then it all goes to, to you or to, you know, in our case to us for fulfillment and we don't do any marketing. We don't do anything. We just fulfill the products. They're, they're responsible for all that. Um, It sounds very similar to something like that. So my, my leaning is, is the licensing thing. Say, Hey, yeah, I'd like for you to produce four to six, you know, images every month that are going to be niched, um, you know, to our Facebook following and I'll handle all the fulfillment. I'll handle all the, you know, questions. You won't have to do anything and you'll get $2 and 50 cents for every, Im- everything you sell with those images on it that come from this. And then it's just all about admin and back end, you know, kind of watching yeah. your numbers, Jake, and making sure that um, you're taking into account what's selling with their stuff on it and what's selling that doesn't have their stuff on it. And, um, just being really diligent to, uh, serve them well, I guess, and make sure that they have a positive experience. Yeah. That, that's a good point. When you, when you mentioned kind of influencer marketing, cause I do think that it is very much in that, in that stream. If these ladies have built up a, a following of, you know, 800, a thousand, uh, parents and moms, um, mm-hmm. you know that that definitely is uh, worth something because you, you have you have built-in customers, and so I think the influencer marketing model would would work work really well. It's just mm-hmm. again figuring out on the back end what they feel would be fair 
for like a licensing or, you know, that kind of thing that we've talked about. So I, I will say, um, Jake, after you listen to this and decide whether you even want to listen to us uh, and what we've said, <laughs> I would be very interested to hear uh, or kind of get an update as far as what is uh, what, what has come of this possibility. Um, how conversations went, yeah. what, you, what you guys decided to do. You know, obviously you don't have to tell us all the, the nuts and bolts, but um, we will um, take a percentage of, of sales for a coaching fee and a consultation yep. fee. And absolutely, uh, you know, our bill will be in the mail as I'm sure your check will be. But uh, no, seriously, we're, we're actually <laughs> <laughs> um, very uh, interested to see what comes of this. So um, hopefully uh any of our uh, answers and, and waffling here has, has kind of provided you insight or kind of confirmed maybe what you felt in your gut when you're approaching the situation or given you an entirely new um, vantage point and angle to kind of approach it from. Um, yeah. in, in either scenario, I, I feel like that's what we want to do, either to be like, hey, you're on the right track or maybe think of it this way. So um, hopefully that helps. I, I got one more. Um, I think that one of the things that you're going to want to really consider is try to the the less complicated it is, the better. Yeah. So try to put something together that's very simple. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's very easy to understand, and that's what you want to present to them. You don't want to say, "Oh, and you know, on these you get this percentage, and then these new ones that you're doing, it's yeah. a different and yeah and don't make it complicated. Um, that's just going to confuse the issue. This is, um, it's already complicated enough because anytime you start wor yeah. working with partners, um, it can get really muddy fast. And so you want to just try to make it as easy and as simple as possible. Um, and I mean, definitely, you know, cross all your T's and dot all your I's, but yeah. don't make it so convoluted and so confusing. Um, that it just kind of, it'll just cast a, like a shadow on it, like doubt. Like, I don't know if this guy can really do this, if it's too complicated, because yeah. they're going to yeah. see all the weeds too, because they've already been selling. So yeah. if you can make it simple, I think you'll, uh, you'll do well to do that. Yeah. I, th I think keeping it simple too, in a roundabout way, I don't think we often think about this. At least I know I haven't until probably, um, you know, 644 on August 29th. Uh, 2022. <laughs> but a lot of times when you come into something and it's simple and concise, it does kind of convey a confidence that mm -hmm. as opposed to, I think you want to, you tend to maybe want to make it complicated because you might, it's in a roundabout way, a weird flex of like, I know how this industry works. And so I'm going to give you different scenarios and this is how it's going to work. And we got to do this percentage here and that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. And sometimes yeah. that can come across as like, does this guy know what he's doing? Because I feel like he's providing, like Travis said, you're providing me like four different percentages on four different products. And I, and you don't even, you're second guessing it as you're talking. So boil <laughs> it down. Boil, I mean, just really yeah. simplified and just go in. But at the same time, be willing to be open to dialogue and conversation about what a, 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 a advantageous solution looks like for everybody involved. So totally hopefully that helped uh jake if not um you can leave us a five-star review and tell us what we could have done better <laughs> uh but no seriously i hope i hope that helps and uh and uh, we're looking forward to kind of getting a follow-up on that one so yeah for sure all right the second question second question coming to the print on demand cast the mailbag episode, it says, I'm considering getting into print on demand. And as I do so, I'm trying to formulate pros and cons or pros and cons list, classic Jim Halpert, uh, to compare <laughs> it to some other opportunities that I have. What would you consider are some of the biggest cons to print on demand? Now, I will say, and this comes from Robert. Robert? That's a great question to ask two people who have been singing the praises of print on demand for 106 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> when we saw that, when Travis was like, hey, we got this question, and he said it to me, I was like, oh, I guess what are the cons to print on demand? Because we've highlighted some that are very specific to certain scenarios that you might find yourself mm -hmm. in in print on right. demand, but as an overall 
like what's the worst thing about this industry, it, it caused us to we were very pensive. We were reflecting, uh, what is the biggest cons? Um, I guess, you know, one of the things that I've ran into um, in in pod is order size. My microphone thing just came right off. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I just almost Freddie Mercury, this thing. It just had a single stand. I was going to start walking around with it. Um, I, th- I think it bumped you off your uh, microphone, too. I think you're on your... Uh... Earpods again, or AirPods, or ear no, I think, whatever. No, it's, it's. I think we're. It says it's good. There it is. Now it's okay. Good. Okay. Okay. That okay. Much good. better. Yeah. All right. Sweet. So, as I was saying, one of the things that I've kind of experienced in print on demand when working with people is there is this particular uh, th- threshold of quantities that mm-hmm. it's no longer to really. It's no longer conducive to do it through a print-on-demand model mm. when someone comes to you and says, hey, man, I'm having this huge event. I need 600 shirts. Mm-hmm. It's more profitable for them to go to a screen printer because even though right. print-on-demand is is advancing and things like the 3070, the cost of operation as far as ink is getting you know, much better from its predecessor models it still doesn't touch the fact that there are some screen printers that can do a two color print and it's like six cents in ink for them. Maybe, right. you know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And for you, that's a lot of labor because you're running one shirt at a time. Screen printers can have the multi you pre-treat them too. You got to pre-treat them. You got to cure them. You have to mm-hmm. print them. You have to cure the ink where pre where screen printers have mul- you know, multiple head machines. So I, I would say that's one thing where, it's hard because obviously a 600 shirt order is, is great and a great injection of revenue into your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want to turn it away, but a lot of people across the board, I will mm-hmm. say approach, <laughs> they approach t-shirt printers as if everybody was a screen printer. They don't know yeah. digital printing exists. Yep. And so when they when they come to you with a 600 quantity order, they're expecting a screen printer price break because that's probably yeah. the only grid they have for mm-hmm. for sure ordering in the past. And so when you come to them and say, "Hey, we can do $10 a shirt or $9 a shirt is the best we can do or whatever." It's probably going to be a lot more than they were thinking from, you know, the $5 or $4 a shirt from the screen printer that they've used in the past. So that to me has legitimately been one of the hardest things to overcome in print on demand when working with people. Um, yeah. You know, I've we've been fortunate to have some really good healthy relationships with screen printers in the area where we'll outsource, we'll still mark up the order a little bit mm-hmm. and then send it off as a pass through. But I think that will be the biggest um, one of the biggest cons is you're limited in order size. Yeah. As great as print on demand is, as great as these printers are, when it comes to that kind of quantity, it's just a really hard obstacle to be more so because the customer is, ex- is expecting, um, like I said, a deep discount. But mm-hmm. the pricing is not apples to apples when it comes to yeah. digital printing and screen printing. Quality can come close, but the labor the the cost the ink cost all of that yeah. it's it's not it's a very different economy yeah. when you're when you're talking about that yeah it doesn't scale as well i mean you you had you nailed it up on the head though um you can still you still do print on demand for 95 percent of your business and then have yeah. a really great relationship with you know a local screen printer that maybe you can even purchase the garments at your discounted yeah. rate that you and, and then just and it's advantageous for the screen printers too because screen printers the ones that I've we've interacted with have said, well, can I send you the 30 shirt order that I get? Because it's not advantageous for me mm-hmm. either. Like I'm not going to run 30 shirts, but I get orders for 30 shirts all the time. And so there's a very much right. a symbiotic, very healthy, you know, coexistence between you and the screen printer. That's mutually mm-hmm. beneficial. Um, but yeah. like, to your point, you can do print on demand for the lion's share, mm-hmm. but when you get these kinds of things, you're going to have to find a different route to to 
make make the customer happy and and make it beneficial for you because I've I have ran 450 shirts for a large concert at Red Rocks front and back okay mm. on two Epson 2100 printers oh. I've done that oh that's painful I've lived that life it was <laughs> it was five nights of printing from seven at night to two in the morning uh on top of what i did during the day during regular business hours mm. so it's not fun <laughs> I, would have much, I would have much rather and to that point too you know what like as long as we're on the subject of like screen printing screen printed transfers also are a viable solution to this mm-hmm. problem as well that yep. you can still offer if it's a 600 shirt two color job that they're wanting same graphic on everything you can get on stalls mm-hmm. or you know any of the other service providers that offer those, and then all you're doing is just operating a press. That beats right. the pants off of what I did for five nights of my life. Yep. So that's also a very viable solution. If you don't want to outsource it and you don't and you're wanting to keep it all in house, go to Transfer Express or you know there, I know there's a handful of other ones. I've predominantly mm-hmm. used Transfer Express, but that yep. is a viable option if you have enough lead time um, and you can get those transfers in. Do that. For sure. Yeah. We, we had a 420 shirt order from uh, a local restaurant and it was full color. I mean, it was, there were so many colors on this thing. And so we actually used a uh, super color and, yeah. you know, I just quoted it out. It was, you know, a full, full front shirt, uh, design, um, added that to, you know, added that to our cost of our good and factored in a little bit of profit and uh, we did really well with that. They loved the quality. Um, it was a full color, beautiful print. Um, and that's something else you can do with the uh, yeah, stalls they, has the DTF color max, which is direct yep. to film. Um, that's an option so that there are other options to get around this con. And I know he asked for the yeah. cons and we're like, well, here's a con, but it's really not a con because. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, I mean, Robert, you're talking to two guys. Yeah. That, that, that have figured out all of the ways to position and pitch this particular detraction from print on demand business model (laughs) in order to secure business. Okay. That's what we've done for the last five or six years of our lives. So while we will admit that there are cons, we will also admit that there are solutions that can be found uh, in the midst of these cons. Um, But, but legitimately though, like that is probably uh, for me, one one of the biggest, you know, more pain points. Um, yeah. But, you know, another one that I can think of, Travis, is you can be limited to the products, whatever your supplier, given supplier is, whatever products they provide, you're kind of stuck to their to their catalog for right. the most part. Um, what, what's been your experience? And I know you've done some job shipping, and I know there's even some clients that are like, man, we'd really like man, can we get like print all over backpacks? You know, that's a very extreme, you know, example, but, <laughs> but these particular people who are just like, man, we really want fanny packs because everyone loves fanny, but we don't really produce those. So they're limited. And as a supplier, as, as a provider, you're like, well, I don't know if I want to invest in that because you're the one person that's asked mm-hmm. for fanny packs, but you've exactly. also done a lot of drop, drop shipping. And so how has your experience been when you when you're limited to, a supplier's catalog and there might be something that you're wanting to offer that they don't provide. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a con. Um, you can get around it by using multiple vendors. I know a lot of people who do print on demand and they use multi, even some of our clients. Um, we fulfill, yeah. you know, a bunch of stuff for them, but then they have other products that they have somebody else fulfill or they order in and fulfill, you know, off of their own shelf. Yeah. Um, so there's there's things like that that you can definitely uh, use multiple vendors, but it, it is a little bit challenging um, if you're going to go with one product and you're like, man, I really wish they had this other thing, but they don't, and it's it is kind of a hassle to use multiple vendors if you're all if you're always drop shipping. Um, I, so I mean, there's a lot of things that I would say um, you're limited by what your particular fulfillment partner is willing and able to do. Um, and I'll, I'll also say from a fulfillment, uh, facility perspective, R and D research and development is challenging. It's the one thing 
that you really do need to do so you can provide new products to your clients and whatnot, but it doesn't pay anything. It, it's like you have to pay someone and buy the blanks and, and pay the time and figure and the ink and all of that stuff to figure out what the best options are for these different products. And you don't get paid at all until you finally release it and somebody actually sells it. Um, so there's a little bit of a risk there from a fulfillment center perspective. And maybe that's a, uh, why they don't quite, they don't release all of the stuff, you know, they don't have everything available to you. Um, and I'll also say that's one of the other benefits of potentially working with a smaller supplier, a local supplier. Hey, I, I have this great idea. I really want to do this, this one thing. What do you yeah. think? Okay, well, what are your, you know, and then you can have a conversation, I guess, is what I'm trying to say with maybe a smaller vendor. We've had a lot of conversations with people. Um, and as a matter of fact, we have probably 10 or 15 products that we've been testing and are putting together a sheet that we can take to one of our largest clients and say, hey, what do you think about these prices? This is what we could do them for. Um, which ones, which of these do you want us to potentially add to our catalog? And then when when we get our biggest client on board, we can then roll it out to all of our smaller clients as well um, and right. have the opportunity to to for them to have new products in their catalogs on, you know, on their different shops and everything. But it is something that you have to worry about or you have to consider because you are limited not only just with the products that your screen printer or your uh, your fulfillment partner provides, but you really don't have a lot of, and this is another con really, you really don't have a lot of control over the quality um, yeah. of those products. You don't have a lot of quality. Uh, you don't have any control over the supply chain either. Sure. So if you're, if your fulfillment partner is only using one vendor and that vendor drops, you know, runs out of something and they're not using other vendors, you can't tell them to use other vendors to find the thing that you just sold on your Shopify yep. account. Um, you don't have that ability. So you're really kind of at the mercy of your vendor, of your print-on-demand fulfillment vendor. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why we always, you've heard us on the show before, you know, stress the importance of of samples and trying to get something mm -hmm. in hand that you can feel, see, test, uh, and, and approve of before right. you start sending them out in mass to your customers or your fans or, or whatever, to your following, whatever you have, whoever's buying your, your product. So that, that definitely is another pain point. It's not really. And, and, and on top of that also is like the shipping times and, you know, mm -hmm. the order delays and like you have really no control. You have less control than, than someone like Travis does who doing production in house. And, and the minute it leaves his, his house, his, his shop, he has no control over it as to mm -hmm. where it's going or how long it takes to get there. He ha he at least can answer customers of like oh that's backed up or we had a, a technical issue and that's still in the warehouse and so we're gonna get that out as soon as possible. If you're drop shipping, you don't even have that. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. It's true. You have to you know rely on communication from your supplier and depending on the size of the supplier, the communication could be nil to non-existent. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing you have to take into consideration too. Is is you're not it's if you're if you're trying to really refine and develop a brand of a branded clothing and, and kind of have control of the customer experience from, you know, soup to nuts, like whatever from front to finish. And mm -hmm. you're trying to really have control over the customer experience and leave a good impression. It can be a lot harder to do when you're drop shipping. Cause there's a lot that you just don't have control of unless yeah. you are able to be on the ground at this particular facility or it's a local place like a make your mark design where you can go and kind of work out specific, you know, arrangements and maybe pay for custom poly bags to be used and, and, and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's one thing I was thinking of too, is like print on demand is great for, for like Etsy shops who are kind of selling uh, an amalgamation of different things or, you know, novelty stuff. But I feel like if you're really trying, like, th like this hat is from Disciple Threads that mm -hmm. I ordered from, and their packaging was incredible. They're mm -hmm. like everything about getting this hat and these and the shirts that I got from them was awesome. From the packaging to the tape to the note inside to the card to the sticker, all of wow. that was very on point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of stuff, you don't necessarily have the ability to deliver when you're drop shipping. I think you can do mm-hmm. proof of concept when you're drop shipping and see if there's a demand for the thing that you are doing or the designs that you're putting out there without really investing in equipment up front or or doing production in-house. I think that that mm-hmm. that is good. You can do proof of concept. But if you're really trying to dial in something and offer a brand um, and and control the experience, you might find that challenging with drop shipping. So yeah, you're really going to need to work with you know a, a specific type of vendor that yeah. can maybe give you some uh, preferential treatment. You know, right. uh, you know, if you want to do some of that stuff. Uh, another another con uh, with print on demand printing is that exact color matching is really difficult. Um, <laughs> it, it's almost impossible with yeah. like screen printing. They they literally have recipes where they can mix this color to this color to get this Pantone, you know, with, um, with screen printing, it's digital printing. So the first problem is that everybody's monitor is different. So what looks red on my monitor may look more maroon on your monitor or or vice versa. Yeah. Um, And so when you're talking about digital printing, you're, you're, I mean, you can open that up and Photoshop and see exactly what colors they are. But even then, um, printers are going to vary in their color profiles. Now, there are big companies out there that will come out and, you know, if you have a whole bunch of DTG printers or whatever, and they'll go through them and they'll get make sure that everything's on the right color profile. But even then, that just means that they're all going to print the same. (laughs) That doesn't necessarily mean that they're all going to print a specific Pantone when it calls for a specific Pantone. It just means that they're all going to print the same color of red. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So color matching is a challenge. If that's something that you feel like your customers are going to want, you know, if you're working with, uh, you know, larger um, businesses that have, you know, branding guides and, you know, this is the Pantone for our logo (laughs) and it, it can't vary. Well, you know what? Um, that's a challenge. That that really is a challenge with print on demand. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's it's not really possible when they want that. that like you said, it, it can it can be worked. But we had we had a client, which you you know you know Elf Grill in Dakono. Yep. Yep. Um, great great food by the way. If great you ever, food. Terrible name. Ever terrible. <laughs> terrible and ryan if you ever listen to this podcast you know that i love and support everything you do uh restaurant wise but yeah it stands for everyone loves food um and they named it elf this is legitimate um they they named it specifically because they're fans of the movie (laughs) that's that's the reason so um but anyway he his logo um has a very very bright neon green and mm-hmm. so when we talked to him about, hey, let's do some of your, let us do some of your shirts, he was all about it. To his credit, he's, it was gangbusters. Like, yeah, I would much rather go with you guys. I'll give you the whole account, blah, blah, blah. So we did some samples for him and, and brought it. And the green that we gave him was nowhere near that neon green. And it was very much a requirement of like, you have to hit that green. So we... I mean, we tried, we went, got into Photoshop, we got Pantone colors. We did the whole thing like you're talking about, mm-hmm. short of having someone come in and like adjust the printers. Um, it just wasn't, it just wasn't going to happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, even on the 3070, I think we tried it again. We got closer, um, mm-hmm. but it still wasn't, again, it was a recipe that a screen printer was able to generate for him and show right. him this, you want this screen? I could add this to it, blah, blah, blah. For us, unfortunately, the answer so was... So you get nothing! And we, we couldn't do it. It sucked. Um, but yeah, so it is It is a lot more challenging with print-on-demand, so just know that going in. The, yeah. other, the other con, and, and perhaps the last of, of this um, waffle session, I think, honestly, and listeners, you tell us, uh, I had an idea today that we should start a mini-series within the feed called Waffle Wednesdays, where we just take up random topics whether it's print on demand or otherwise and just chat or like we've always talked about bonus or 0.5 episodes we'll see but we've always done that we've always talked, we've talked about those since but wa- since the first I just, week i just see a waffle wednesday shirt in the waffle house logo style that i think would be <laughs> choice uh so if you want to hear travis and i talk about random topics throughout business print on demand whatever uh we'll do it so the last con though 
is there is a lot of, and we touched about on this a couple of episodes ago, there's a lot of upfront work before mm-hmm. you generally see much of a return on investment in regards to your time. Right. Um, there, there's a lot that goes into setting things up, designs, systems, backend, integration, setting up accounts, EINs, LLCs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we touched about on this, Travis, because we talked about how a lot of these guru courses generally omit or very quickly brush over the fact that that is a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And it's, they focus on the end goal of you make, you know, six, seven figures, whatever. Uh, but they neglect the fact that there's a lot of time that will, that will pass before you really see a return on right. that investment. It's very, very front end heavy for sure. If you, yeah. if you want to ever be in that position where you're the, you know, sitting on a beach, you know, drinking a Mai Tai or, you know, enjoying yourself sipping a uh you know old fashioned somewhere and you're just getting those notifications of this sold this sold this sold it's going to take a lot of yeah. front end work to get that virtual you know mailbox money as you alluded to earlier but yeah that's yeah. for sure i think one thing that a lot of people don't think about cuz they go into it um really eager to to make money but they don't understand that the workload on the front end is is pretty is pretty uh immense. Yeah. I, I would say um Robert on this last one, if uh you mentioned in your question that you had some other opportunities, um you know, and you're trying to weigh them against print on demand. I think print on demand is a great option for, you know, creating a, a long lasting business, a sustainable business. Um, but if you're looking to kind of make a quick buck. Um, I don't know that this is necessarily the best, um, the best investment of your time. There, there's probably better opportunities to make quicker money. Um, the thing I like about print on demand is that it's, um, you, you do one thing and then that thing can potentially pay you in perpetuity. And I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I have coffee mugs that have made me or revenue, not made me profit wise, but made right. me, uh, in yeah. revenue, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars um, over the course of their lifetime, and so uh, that's that's pretty awesome for a five dollar design, and you know, ten to fifteen minutes of coming up with keywords and bullet points and titles and all of that. You know, that's that's a great return. Now, on yeah. the other side of it, I have a lot of I have a lot of losers that have never sold that I spent the exact same time, spent the same money, all of that to get the design all the, and they've never sold. Um, but you're never going to know that unless you throw, uh, throw a lot of designs, a lot of, a lot of these things at the wall to see what's going to stick. And then when they do stick, you have an idea. Well, where can we go from here? Well, I can niche this out and I can do a whole lot more with this particular niche. I can put some more products out. I could even build out a whole nother site. I loved last week when, um, uh, we had Eric Taz on from, uh, shine on, and he was talking about a family gift store. Um, that's an idea of what you could do when you find something that works, create a store around that thing potentially. Um, and you can really start capitalizing that. So there's so many different ways you can go, but just know that there's a heck of a lot of work, honestly, before you're going to see a whole lot of success in print on demand. Now that's probably in most businesses. It's probably in most, you know, make money on businesses. Um, but it's definitely true of print on demand and that's kind of where my expertise lies. So (laughs) I, I know that to be true. And, and now to be hundred percent fair, there are, you know, lightning does, um, strike every once in a while and you'll have something that's a runaway success and sells like, you know, absolute crazy because of, you know, you just hit the right time of year with the right. Yeah. And it just resonates. Um, so it's not to say that you, you can't make a lot of money quickly. Um, but most of the time it's going to take, it's going to take a little bit of time for you to see that time investment really make a return for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you pretty much nailed that on the head. I think you're right. It is the same for a lot of businesses, but um, 
again, yeah, if this is an option for you, Robert, and not the option, I I would seriously, and I would say this whether it was print on demand or or anything else. I mean, this could be, you know, a CPA podcast. God, how boring would that be? A CPA Ugh. podcast, but <laughs> sorry, I might have offended. Do we have any CPAs in our demographic? I don't think Spotify niches down that hard. But if we did, I apologize and prove me wrong. Start start a podcast and I'll subscribe and try it. But uh, I, I would say this regardless of, of whatever career path it is where y- you do need to definitely, you know, weigh all of the pros and cons for all of it. And like Travis said, if it's something that you're thinking is like a quick buck, easy, you know, make some money. Um, it, it's, it's really if, if this is something that you're going into to make it your plan A and there is no plan B, that's mm-hmm. not going to be the case. Um, so definitely weigh all of your options and, and kind of sit with them and, and, and see how it, see how it all feels. So yeah. anything else for, for Robert, as we wrap this up? No, I, I appreciate the, the question. It, it did kind of make us think a little bit. Like, for, yeah. What are sure. the, what are the cons? I didn't <laughs> realize there were any cons. No, I mean, come on. Any business you start is going to have some cons. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to have some pros. It's going to have some cons. And, you know, but ultimately it's going to be about how much you want it, how hard you're re- willing to work. And we talked about this on a recent episode. We were talking about, you know, the things that kind of bring us down, you know, and you talk to the guy who's like, oh, I tried print on demand. It didn't work. Well, how long did you do it? Uh, six months or so. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> You try anything, you know, uh, yeah, man, not, I, not I tried to learn, <laughs> I tried to learn the guitar and, and I gave it a whole six months and I can't play like Eddie Van Halen. Well, no, <laughs> that's probably not, <laughs> probably not you know, uh, you know, so it's just with anything that is worth doing, there's going to be a time investment and, and some pain that you're just going to have to go through to yeah. get to the end of the rainbow, you know, yeah. the pot of gold. Yeah, 100%. And also, I mean, as, as long as we're kind of doling out answers and or or advice, you know, I, I do have some advice. It pivots a little bit, but I have some advice mm-hmm. for all of the single people in our demographic, those that are not okay. married, right? Uh, okay. You know, I just feel like it's, it's a good way. I might as well throw it in. I was thinking about it earlier today. But mm-hmm. some advice for all of you single people. Stop looking for the perfect match. Hmm. Use a lighter. No, you thought we forgot, but no, Mm-mm. we would never. How could we ever forget everyone's favorite segment? Time for the weekly dad joke. That's right. That was the weekly dad joke. Feel free to use it at your next party. So, uh, but. <laughs> Seriously, guys, thank you so much for for tuning in. This was a lot of fun. Please continue to send us your questions. How can you get a hold of us? Attention hotline fans. Well, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can contact us, again, printonamancast.com slash Facebook. You can post in the group. You can DM us. You can, you know, whatever way you feel you want to use to to ask a question or get in touch, please do so. Info. Demand cast as well is another way you can reach out to us and ask us a question. These episodes are a lot of fun for Travis and I, selfishly, uh, because one, we love talking about this kind of stuff. We love interacting with you, but also we don't really have to think about what we're going to talk about for that episode because you guys, <laughs> you guys give us the main event. So, um, but seriously, uh, thank you guys so much for for giving your questions, and please continue to do so as well. And as always, wherever there are podcasts, the POD Cast is there for your listening pleasure, and it is 100% free. Uh, This content will always be free. If we ever Mm -hmm. actually start a paywall, this show will not be behind it. It'll be a bunch of other nonsense that probably has nothing to do with print on demand. But uh, (laughs) this show will always be free. One thing we do ask, if you would be so kind, if you happen to have the time, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you are using that particular app. Uh, Leave a review. Let us know what you think. Give us a dad joke. uh, Ask a question there. Whatever you want to do, um, just leave us a review. It definitely helps the algorithms and helps this information get in front of people like yourself, who, or even mm-hmm. like, even like Jake, who is has a question about a business proposal or a business situation, or Robert, who's trying to get into the business to begin with. So, 
when you do that, this content gets put in front of those kinds of people and it helps us mm. find people who are in need of this info. So um, thank you guys so much for that, Travis. Anything else before we put a bow on this thing and wrap it up? I was going to mention that Jake actually did send us a dad joke when um, he submitted oh, his question. yeah, he sure So I wanted to did. shout him out one last time. Uh, so I'll, I'll just do it right now. Yeah, he said... It. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing in case they get a hole in one? Ah. Fantastic. Thank you, Jake, for that. <laughs> See, I love it. Love it when you guys send in the dad jokes. It's, it is so much fun. But uh, thank you guys again for listening. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Friend of the Man cast. But until then, for Travis... I'm Josiah, and we'll see you next week right here. Same bat time, same bat channel on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the totally tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.